Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greetings, everyone. Happy Michigan football game week. The first game week of the 2023 season. East Carolina coming to town this Saturday. Uh, welcome back to another uh, Michigan uh, football-centric live show here on the Wolverine. Anthony Broom here with Chris Ballas and Clayton Safey, as we will be every Monday night at 6 p.m. Uh, throughout the 2023 football season and beyond, because uh, we rarely take time off around here. So a lot to get to today, fellas. Uh, we will talk about Jim Harbaugh's Monday press conference. Uh he will speak, uh, it seems, at least this week, or he spoke at least this week uh, before his three-game suspension begins. We'll see about the next few weeks. But he talked about, you know, brought a binder up front with him on things he wanted to discuss about the state of college sports. We'll talk about that. We will t- uh, discuss Jesse Minter, uh, this Saturday's interim head coach, also taking the podium uh, for a press conference on Monday afternoon. Talked to a few players as well. Uh, he talked about uh, position battles, how he'll go about this game week, and things like that. And then towards the back half of the show, we will discuss some superlatives for the 2023 season, uh, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, team MVP, things like that. And then we will also take your questions at the back half uh, before we get out of here. But uh, before I welcome in uh, my two co-hosts here, I want to talk about our friends over at Caldera Lab. Uh, gentlemen. Uh, it's first game week. First impressions matter. And if you're not taking care of your skin, that's going to be the first thing that someone notices and instantly either thinks you're way older than you are or you just don't care about your appearance. Show them you do and make a great first impression with Caldera Lab. Caldera Lab creates high-performance men's skincare products, and the regimen leads off their product lineup, a twice-a-day routine to transform your skin. Caldera Lab knows the skincare world is heavily female-driven and has long been the Wild West for men. That's why they're making the solution simple. The regimen includes three products, the clean slate, the base layer, and the good clean slate starts and ends your day. Face wash will leave all skin types refreshed. The base layer is your daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin and jumpstart your day full of confidence. And the good is your go-to multifunctional serum at night that helps your skin look tighter and smoother, as well as helps produce the visibility of wrinkles and fine lines. Every drop of this serum 
is packed with 3.4 million antioxidant units protecting your skin. Uh, so uh, for our listeners, readers, uh, and fans of the Wolverine, we have an exclusive offer for you. This is their best offer available anywhere. Use promo code MICH23, that's M-I-C-H-23, at calderalab.com for 20% off right now. Get 20% off with code MICH23 at calderalab.com. Make unforgettable first impressions that lead to charming words like, you look younger, or Hey, it doesn't look like you've worked from sunup to sundown this week, fellas. Uh, so that's 20% off at calderalab.com with promo code MISH23. All right, boys. Uh, Chris Ballas, Clayton Safey, welcome into the show. How are we doing this week? Great. And we're off and running, guys. I got my new microphone, but uh, it needs an adapter. So hopefully you can hear me all right. <laughs> you sound great. All right. Uh, that's not what I've heard. So that's why I got the new microphone. But next week, uh, we'll have that or Thursday. Hopefully, we'll have the adapter for that. So, But happy to be here. Happy to hear Jim Harbaugh go on the offensive here. Uh, my phone blew up after that. You know, people at Michigan, Michigan fans. So I think generally happy about him taking this stance. And we'll talk about that more, obviously, in the show. But uh, way to start the week off, Jim. Yeah, you never know what you're going to get. Um, that was fantastic. But yeah, never been better. And uh, been waiting, what, over eight months since New Year's Eve for football season, and here we go. Yeah, it's, it's just like Jim Harbaugh to wake up and say, you know, this was on my mind today, so I wanted to get it off my chest, and then a couple hours later have a three-ring binder full of things <laughs> that he was going to talk about. So uh, well, let's start there today. Uh, Jim Harbaugh did take the podium. We didn't know what his setup would wind up being given the fact that he's not going to be coaching on Saturdays the next three weeks. But he did take to the uh, to the podium, talked for about 15 or 20 minutes. Um, most of it was about uh, his comments on uh, profit sharing with student athletes and college sports, feeling that the talent needs to be focused on a little bit more as opposed to the people in suits uh, making the decisions. He made the comment when student athletes uh, call it a game, the suits will call it a business. And when the student athletes call it a business, the suits will call it just a game. So a lot to kind of sift through with his, his comments there. Uh, I almost wonder, a part of me wonders if he's going to be, you know, the next three Monday press conferences, if he comes out with a different three ring binder every week and go, all right, last week we discussed profit sharing this week. I'd like to hit on the transfer portal. Uh, but Jim Harbaugh, like you said, Chris went on the offensive uh, on Monday and again, said it with the caveat that these are his opinions. It's not necessarily uh, he's just trying to start a conversation and get uh, the ball rolling uh, like he has done on a lot of these issues that uh, he's been very upfront with being at the forefront of over the last few years. Yeah, let me ask you guys this. It seemed to me that when he said, look, I brought this up in 2020 and again in 2022. And when you do that, your character is going to be criticized and people are going to take shots at you. It was almost as though he was saying, hey, maybe this is one of the reasons the NCAA is so focused on me with this other stupid stuff when – you look at everything else that's going on out there. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but that was something that I took out of that. And then the other thing that I took out of uh, what he said today was when he was talking about his relationship with Ward Manuel and how it went down and everything else when he was informed of the three-game suspension. And he said, you know what? I took it or I respected his decision. So he was talking about Ward. So anybody who thinks that this was Jim saying, hey, maybe we should just give a three-game suspension you know, and get it over with, I don't think knows Jim Harbaugh very well. I think he would have been prepared to take this thing to the mattresses at the same time. I do believe that most people at Michigan believe that was the proper course of action to get this thing over with as quickly as possible. 
and that cooperate part, you know, that they talk about at, um, that they talk about at the NCAA, you know, willingness to cooperate that I think is a step toward that end. So we'll see how it plays out, but uh, I was happy to hear him speak out about it. And you know what, I've never been a proponent of paying players until, you know what, now you've got NIL and everything else. Uh, everybody deserves a piece of that pie, I guess. And uh, it's time for them to get theirs. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, too. He didn't fully answer the question about his relationship with Ward Manuel. It did say he respected the decision, and then it was conveyed to him that he would be suspended, as you mentioned. So uh, I thought that was interesting. Um, and, and you can tell it clearly hurts him that he's not going to be out there with this team. You know, everybody talks about, oh, well, it's no big deal. It's East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green. Two things. One, it's it's the principle of it. You know, if he feels he didn't do anything wrong, he should be hurt by having to miss 25% of Michigan's regular season. You know, it's not a small thing. Um, and then two, I mean, just just he's a football guy through and through. Like the fact that he may have to go to his son Jack's game, I mean, and find another game to go to uh, tells you everything you need to know. But you're right. You know, he did bring up, he made it quite clear that and, and he's right, you know, that he talked about these things in 2020, 2022, uh, 2022. I think another reason for that is just showing that, hey, it's it's not like he's bringing it up now because of the NCAA stuff. But there's a chance that, you know, some of it had to do with that. You know, these are my opinions as Jim Harbaugh prefaced his statements, but these are my opinions. I think that Jim Harbaugh views almost everything as a competition. And, you know, they're putting the pressure on him. He's suspended because of NCAA stuff. I think he's going, as you said, I put it, you know, you put it perfectly on the offensive and kind of saying, you know, putting a little bit pressure back on them because there are so many people getting rich on, off this sport. Jim Harbaugh is one of them, obviously. Um, but the players, you know, he feels like they should have a voice and he's willing to be that guy. So uh, I commend him for it. You know, you're right. I'm, I, I haven't advocated for paying players either, but right now they're getting paid from, you know, guys who work a job nine to five make a lot of money and love their school. They're not actually getting their piece of the pie of the revenue and the profit that college football is making. So it's still not enough in Jim Harbaugh's opinion. And I'm starting to agree with them a little bit. It seems, you know, like they should go to that model over this, you know, kind of slush fund collective type of thing. So I'm starting to come around to that. Slush fund slash collective. Wow. I mean, that's, Shots fired. That's <laughs> fired. I mean, what, how else would you categorize I, no, it? No, I'm, I'm with you, buddy. Buddy, I, uh, that's a pretty ballsy way to put it. And, and, A.B., one thing I would like to add is that when he said, you know, he made it very clear. He said, you know what, everybody says this is like a slap on the wrist. It's more like a baseball bat to the kneecaps. That shows you, he says, or to the shoulder. He said it, it hurts. It kills him. And, and you can absolutely tell uh, that it is affecting him. Yeah, that's the quote of the day, too. I mean, if you want to know, like, that's that's a quote you can feel, uh, right. right? That's, uh, I know, we don't typically get a lot of emotion out of him, you know, unless it's obviously when he's beaming and glowing about football is one thing, the sport of football that is. But you can, you can tell that this is, uh, I think he's always kind of taken issue or, or offense or to the idea that, that he would ever cheat the game or that he's, ever been dishonest and you know there the whole investigation will bear out you know what actually happened again with what mm. we know we've called it a kangaroo court we we've said it seems frivolous but um you can tell i mean the result the result being what the result is you can tell it's going to kill this guy to not be out there and you know luckily uh they have a staff full of 
assistant coaches that he believes will be future head coaches someday that helps over the next few weeks. But, you know, from his perspective, and this is another thing too, is we come, you know, we get the email about, okay, Jim Harbaugh, Monday presser, he's going to talk. And we have no idea what he's going to say. And he comes out, you know, with the, like we said, with the binder and kind of, kind of gets up there on the pulpit and, and, you know, pounds the table for change and a discussion to happen. And listen, I know there will be, there will be people that answer or reply to all this with, well, uh, I guess you should start coaching, you know, cut coach salaries. And what about title nine and all that? And, and he even says like, these are my opinions. There are people much smarter than me that can work out a model and figure it out. But in terms of college sports, that's where he sees the status quo at right now. It's not tenable and it isn't tenable. Um, you know, there's been so much talk about, oh, the transfer portals ruined college sports or NILs ruining college sports. No, you know, you know, what's ruining college sports is greed. And and the majority of that greed comes from, you know, the suits, the TV network executive, the people that work, the people that are also working, you know, the Big Ten offices, uh, even the schools to a certain extent. So that he's up there kind of standing up there and advocating for it. And I think a lot of it too, is that he's trying to get, you know, he's waiting for, he's, he's giving other coaches the opportunity to jump on this train with him and, and not just have him be the voice because when he says things like this, what do we see on Twitter or X or whatever Elon's app is called these days is up. Oh, well, there goes kooky Jim Harbaugh again, but like you need other people to kind of get on board with it too and, and start the conversation. And sometimes Guys are just hesitant to be the first to go out there, um, but we'll see what happens. This. Let that. me say, let me add. It's going to put more pressure on other coaches too, right? To to basically follow his lead because otherwise, you know, if they're on the recruiting trail and you say, "This is what I'm fighting for," and if a kid asks a, another coach, you know, "Hey, are you going to be fighting for this for me too?" You know, um, what do they? What do you think they're going to say? They're going to, they're going to have to say yes. Now, nah, everybody goes, "Now nah, we don't want you getting paid." So I think this has the potential to really. To really be like a train uh, uh, running downhill, guys, and and to really get this thing going. And it doesn't surprise me at all that it's Jim Harbaugh starting it, especially with the issues that he's been having with the NCAA and uh, the frivolous suit. No matter how it's resolved, guys, I think 99, 95 to 99% of the country is going to say that it was frivolous and it's ridiculous that he's sitting out three games for this, given what's going on around the country. And again, that other 4 or 5% is rivals that – you know, or just like, hey, look what he did. Oh, my God, I told you he was a crook type of thing, So, which is just stupid. Yeah, a Anthony, to prove your point about greed and, and you know, money is the only thing that matters, they wanted to shorten college football games. They are going to do that by having the clock run after first downs instead of cutting in on television, yeah. advertisement time, and all that. So that tells you everything you need to know as well. Um, totally agree. And, you know, if people are going to be making a lot of money, I mean, the players probably should get get some of that because – they're making changes like this and many other changes with conference realignment and all this stuff that don't benefit the student athlete in any way, but they do benefit the bottom line, as Jim Harbaugh said today. So, you know, maybe they ought to see some of that because really there's no, there's no sense of having the Michigan volleyball team, you know, fly out on a Thursday night you know, to play UCLA or Oregon or Washington, swim and dive, same thing, all these different sports. But, you know, if, if there's going to be extra profits from some of this, then maybe they should see some of it. I guess my final thought on it is that nobody operates better from a position of either awkwardness or being beaten down than Jim Harbaugh does. So if the NCAA thinks they're going to wear this guy down, if, if there are opposing coaches that think they're going to wear this guy down, that's typically when we see the best out of him and his team. So 
again, just uh, something to think about over the next few weeks. I, I know a lot, uh, a lot of talk over the years has been, oh, you know, you know, he's got this itch to to compete at the highest level and win a Super Bowl. And I get the sense sometimes that that's shifted to, you know, he's looking to, uh, you know, he'll he's willing to burn it all down if it means change uh, for the sport and you know better better days ahead for the student athletes. So. Uh, that'll be it for Harbaugh talk. Of course, we also did talk to Jesse Minter this week, moving into actual football talk, who will run the show on Saturday uh, for the opener against East Carolina. Uh, he discussed how he has a lot of resources to lean on. Uh, it was also revealed that this week with Sharon Moore also expe- uh, expected, not expected, he will be suspended for this week. Uh, Kirk Campbell, the quarterback's coach, will call plays. It's going to be some on-the-job training for him, Uh Jay Harbaugh, Mike Hart next week, Sharon Moore, obviously the week after that. Uh, but the biggest thing to take away, obviously, you know, there's a lot of attention that's paid to, you know, is he going to be ready for this or for this? Is he going to be able to manage the game? He's also the defensive coordinator and in charge of helming some of these position battles like number two cornerback, like the edge situation. So Chris, what did you take away from what he had to say about those two groups? Uh, two things. Uh, the first thing I'd like to say is that, uh, boy, did he, did he knock it out of the park, man? And everything he said about his support for Jim Harbaugh, about his, it's not just being about him, you know, talking about Kirk Campbell calling plays. I made the joke to him that, Hey, what happens if he wants to throw it 60 times? And he said, Oh, we'll see what happens. That's not going to happen guys. They're going to run the ball and uh, they're going to run it well. And they are going to throw a little bit more probably. Uh, but I said last week, you know, Kirk Campbell is going to be the guy that's calling plays here. And I think they're very comfortable with that. Jim Harbaugh had this, said the same thing, but uh, with the corners, uh, he made it pretty clear to me that Josh Wallace, in, in my opinion, is the other guy at the other corner. And, you know, with guys banged up and stuff like that, I think you're going to see Josh Wallace playing quite a bit on Saturday. We'll have more on that in our Friday Inside the Fort. Um, that's number one. Number two, what was it about the defensive ends, did you say? Yeah, just to edge. It yeah. seems like they want to have a plan for that later this year. Yeah, week. and I think the plan is we got four guys, and whoever is out there and has got the hot hand is going to play. They'll start two guys and tell the other two guys that you're starters too, and you're starting next week. But you know what? Your audition begins now for game three in terms of, you know, do you want to be the guy out there? And they've got guys, uh, Josiah Stewart is just getting to the passer like crazy. They love Derek Moore. Braden McGregor has upped his game. And Jalen Harrell is one of the most un- underrated players on this football team, guys. Period. End of story. Uh, no, he's not the best pass rush- rusher of the bunch, but it's hard to take him off the field because of what he brings against the run. So going to be fascinating to see how it plays out. But the best part about that, and it's so cliche, but these guys understand you know, that the cream rises to the top in these games, and that's how they're going to earn their playing time. So I, uh, I have a good feeling about the defense, especially the front seven. I think the, the back end will be fantastic in time. And I, I love Rod Moore, as you guys know. I think he's one of the more underrated safeties in the country last year. Uh, will Johnson's a star, and I think Josh Wallace is going to be really, really good. So uh, exciting to see. And uh, you guys have been watching ECU. I want to know what you think they bring to the table offensively. That's going to test this Michigan defense. Clay, have you did, had dug into that at all yet? Yeah, not a ton yet, but mm-hmm. I mean, this is a team that uh, they're 36 point underdogs for a reason. So I, mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to see a ton of testing, but I do think they'll throw a ball, the, the ball a decent amount. So we're going to get to see that Michigan pass rush. And we have to remember, can we set a reminder right now not to overreact one way or the other to this because of what we did last non-conference, you know, with some of the, uh, you know, the Colorado State's offensive line was just terrible. And, 
and you know the eight nine sacks or whatever it was maybe 10 you know it was yeah. maybe a little bit uh you know it, it was great but you know we still need to wait and see a little bit um but i agree like when you look at the edges it, it doesn't really matter who ends up being the starter week three if they if they you know do the you know the michigan method so to speak because all those guys are going to rotate in they rotated in six or seven edges last year uh, you know, Mike Morris was really the only guy that stayed on the field all the time, and even he was hurt for a portion. So it was really a steady rotation. I'm really interested to see Josh Wallace on Saturday, how he moves. You know, I mean, this is going to be closer to the level of competition that he played at at UMass, you know, an independent school. But just the way he moves in relation to the other Michigan guys, you know, the Rod Moores and the uh, Macari Pages and Will Johnson, as you said, hope, hopefully everybody's healthy in the back end there, um, you know, that's going to be really interesting how Jaden McBurrows and, and Keyshawn Harris, who we've heard a lot about, you know, a, a walk on and we've seen him in, in game time as well, but how he fares. So it'll be interesting to watch that defense. And uh, again, I think all those guys throughout the season are probably still going to have their role and be able to carve out, uh, you know, playing time for themselves. So uh, this is just the debut, but you want to make a good first impression. And I think that's, you know, that's what's exciting is that there's competition all over the field too, even if they do win by 36 or more, which I may predict. <laughs> ah, nice tease. Uh, I, something I thought was interesting is that one, obviously uh, Amorian Walker wasn't mentioned. We know that he's been injured and he's working his way back. So we'll see what winds up happening with him. I'm not sure if he's back on the field yet or not, but it's going to take a little more time there. Uh, Jair Hill was also a name that came up as guys that are going to play. And you know, not, I get the sense it's Josh Wallace pretty well ahead there, but uh, they like McBurrows. They like Hill as well. And, and I'm sure that when Walker comes back, he will also factor into that mix there. Uh, other than that, just your thoughts, guys, on how you think that Minter, you know, is there a Jesse Minter flavor or a Kirk Campbell flavor that we could see? kind of being injected into this game, or do you expect it to be just business as usual? They'll come out running, and, you know, they'll mix it up a little bit. I, I don't think there's any question. Uh, the one interesting thing to me is going to be, A, how much Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards play together uh, and how, off, how much they really are going to practice what, what they're preaching in, in terms of getting their best athletes on the field. And I think that obviously includes Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum. So how much of that will we see? Love the fact, again, that Kirk Campbell was going to his receivers and saying, what's your favorite route? What do you want us to implement for you? And the same thing with J.J. McCarthy. What do you like to throw? What's your, you know, what is most comfortable for you with this, with each receiver? And when Jim Harbaugh said, you know, I don't think I've ever seen anybody prepare better. Uh, you know, he's prone to hyperbole when it comes to, especially talking about his coaching staff. But I have no no doubt that Kirk Campbell is that guy that's going to go out there based on everything we've heard and try to put together an elite game plan and that he's probably not sleeping at night, especially since he had a newborn baby. So congratulations to Kirk. I think I saw that on Twitter, if I'm not mistaken, what a week for him. So, uh, but great. The only interactions we haven't had many with him, but have been fantastic. I think he's a great fit. And I think you're going to see uh, maybe them open it up a little bit more, but at the same time, when it comes down to it, if the game's in doubt at all, which it probably won't be, uh, guess who's going to have the ball, man? Number two, and uh, and he should. Guys, your Heisman candidate, and I love watching him run. It's uh, I, I'm just I feel blessed to be able to cover him for another year. A because of the kind of kid he is, and B because of the kind of talent he is. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the the biggest thing with this offense, are they going to throw more or whatever? Um, the biggest thing, game one, is is seeing 
Blake Corum out there healthy. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And my favorite thing is when a guy returns from injury or you get like one of those freshmen, like Sam McGuffey's first carry when Carl Grappentine or Grappentine. Uh, I guess you Grappentine. Know, is it Grappentine? Okay. Well, I got it wrong. <laughs> in two different That's okay. Um, but like Sam McGuffey's first carry when he announced his name, I was at that game and everybody went crazy because of how viral of a recruit Sam McGuffey was. When a guy comes back from injury, I'm going to get chills, I think, when he announces Blake Corum's first carry. And I think he's going to get a massive standing ovation like Ronnie Bell did last year in the opener. So I am extremely excited to see Blake Corum. And yeah, maybe we'll see him and Donovan on the field at the same time. I think they'll probably keep it, you know, pretty close to the vest as they do and keep people guessing a little bit because, you know, unless the game is in doubt, as you said, but, um, you know, in Kirk Campbell, he's, he's been an offensive coordinator at college football, not at the power five level, but seven years of it. So, you know, he knows his way around a playbook, you know, having to think on his feet, getting the plays in, getting the calls in, communicating on the headset all that, but this will be, you know, Kirk Campbell has done a great, great job as a recruiter since he became Michigan's quarterbacks coach. And I've kind of said, you know, let, let's see what he does with JJ and the rest of the quarterback room this year. Well, now we get to see a, a lot more of Kirk Campbell on display. So I'm excited for that. As you said, a huge week. So, uh, you know, hopefully he goes out there and crushes it on Saturday. Yeah. Something I clocked is interesting. Uh, when we talked to Cornelius Johnson was that, uh, Expect to see things just a little more creative in the passing game. So I'm interested in seeing what the concepts look like. You know, I don't need to see 40 dropbacks. One, because I don't think you need to expose your quarterback to that in week one against an inferior opponent. And two, we think when push comes to shove, this will probably be pretty vanilla on Saturday. Uh, maybe a little less so the next few weeks after that. But uh, we'll see what happens. I'm interested in seeing what it looks like. A nice little audition for everyone there. Uh, so that I think that pretty much covers the Monday press conference. Uh, before we move into superlatives, I would like to talk about our friends over at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. I've never had Lululemon, so I can't speak to that. Uh, but they fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink and sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. And I can I can attest to this. Uh, about a month or so ago, I was out west, did a little bit of hiking on Mount Rainier, brought my Bird Dogs with me. And I don't know if any other short would have provided the the comfort, uh, the the coolness, so to speak. Uh, and the comfort, uh, I'll say that word twice, uh, that those would have. So um, I actually have my bird dogs on right now. Don't want to step back and show it to the camera. <laughs> Not that kind of show here. But uh, uh, if you order uh, with bird dogs today, uh, use birddogs.com, uh, promo code Wolverine, uh, and you can get a free hydro flask style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash Wolverine or promo code Wolverine for a free hydro flask style tumbler. You don't want to take, you're, you're not going to want to take your bird dogs off. Uh, I've got two pairs of the shorts. I've got a pair of the joggers. Uh, they're amazing. Uh, I feel like I'm pretty well covered for uh, warm and cooler weather, which appears to be on the way. Fingers crossed. Uh, for the good in the state of Michigan. But uh, yeah, a uh, shout out to our friends at Bird Dogs. Thank you so much for sponsoring our Monday night show. And uh, yeah, be sure to use that promo code, birddogs.com slash Wolverine. Of course, on Monday nights, we are also brought to you by our friends over at Rogue Shop. 
Go check out rogueshop.com if you have issues sleeping, chronic pain, or have any anxiety or stress. Uh, when you use the promo code the Wolverine, you will get 10% off your order. Uh, Rogue Shop sells CBD, THC, edibles, tinctures, smokables, bath salts, pain creams, topicals, vapes, candles, soaps, and more. Uh, they handcraft uh, the handcraft all of their own products. They grow their own cannabis in their own facility. Everything they make is out of the stuff that they grow. Their website has a 24-7 chat function where customers can ask them anything. All of their edibles are custom formulated with cannabis, vitamins, and plant materials. Rogue Shop is America's number one online dispensary and health and wellness shop. We'd love to support them too because they're right in the heart of Big Ten country in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. They are a true small business that is disabled veteran owned. So head on over to rogueshop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E shop.com. Use promo code the Wolverine and get 10% off your order. So thanks again to our Monday night sponsors. I want to move now into superlatives for the 2023 season. I want to put some stamp, uh, uh, some stamps on some season predictions here. Clayton, you did a, a superlatives piece over the weekend. It was tremendous. I encourage you guys to head on over to the Wolverine.com and check that out. But we're going to kind of go rapid fire with these. Uh, give yourself a little bit of time to, explain your pick, but we're going to start right off the top. Uh, who is going to be the most valuable player on this team, Chris Ballas? Uh, offense or defense or both or either? Overall. Overall, Blake Corum. Uh, I think he will have a huge year again. I think when push comes to shove, he will have the ball when it matters in games that might be close, and there will be some of those that they're closer than expected. But to me, he's the guy. He came back for a reason. He came back to win a championship and uh, to compete for the Heisman Trophy. Uh, I don't know if he'll get the ball enough to be there, but I can promise you that he's going to have a big year as long as he stays healthy. I agree. I'm going with Blake Corum as well. Um, you know, he's he's elite of the elite, you know, in college football. He's a top five player, in my opinion. And he might have just won the Heisman Trophy last year had he played against Ohio State and, and Purdue in the Big Ten Championship game. So he's that type of talent. J.J. McCarthy would be my runner-up because of how important the position is um, and because I think he's going to have a huge year, too, but i got to go with Blake Corum. Do you concur, Anthony? I am going to make it uh, – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Clayton's runner-up. I'm going with J.J. McCarthy only because I think at the end of last season, and this is no disrespect to Blake Corum, but we saw that Michigan was kind of able to piece it together with not only the options they had at running back, but because – I think J.J. McCarthy, to me, played his best football last season at the end of the year without Blake Horam on the field. So I'm going to go with J.J. McCarthy. I think so much about – I think that Blake Horam's presence and, and those guys in the running back room, the offensive line, that sets the floor of what this team can be. But I think what sets the ceiling of what this team can be, what we hope they'll be, uh, you know, a Big Ten champion, uh, national title contender, is what they get out of the quarterback position. And – uh, whether you want to call it MVP or, or most you know indispensable player, uh, I think the drop off from JJ McCarthy to what's next is just that much larger than everyone else. There you have it. Uh, let's go with offensive player of the year. It might be the same guy, it might be someone else, but uh, Chris, uh, offensive player of the year pick. Blake Blake Corum next for all <laughs> the reasons stated before. Do you concur, Clay? I mean, I have to, yeah. Like, I, I don't know how <laughs> he wouldn't be, but I'll go. Uh, I'll just like throw out a couple other names. You know, Zach Zinter, I think, could be, uh, you know, one of those types of guys. Because you know, when Michigan gives their awards out, if you get MVP, I don't think you can win Offensive Player of the Year. So, I'll say JJ if I have to. But you know, some guys up front are going to be really, really important too. 
And of course, I'll go the other way and say Blake Corum, uh, simply for all the reasons that you guys stated. And listen, I, I know they're going to want to split up his workload a little bit if they can, but when push comes to shove, if they need to give Blake Corum 30 carries to win a game, that's what they're going to do. And I think that he's going to stay healthy. I think he'll put up those big numbers. And of the three guys that are – or two guys for sure, maybe three with Donovan Edwards, I think that he is Michigan's uh, Heisman Trophy candidate this year. So let's flip on over to the other side of the ball where J.J. McCarthy – and Blake Corum are not eligible to win an award. Well, that would be something if they could play both ways. Uh, Chris. So you have both. Just- so, like, you, no one can say you were wrong when we look back at this, right? Absolutely. Because you have J.J. and Blake, so it's kind of unfair. Right. Yeah. True. That's just want to throw that out. Well, I, I do say if we do Defensive Player of the Year, um, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Chris Jenkins. And I, I, you know what? I think that he is – I think Will Johnson's going to be fantastic. I think – Junior Colson's going to have a big year, but when it comes right down to it, I think Chris Jenkins, as they call him, the freak in the middle, is the guy who is going to take that next step. He's going to get to the quarterback a little bit more, and he is going to really improve in the run game with his 305 pounds. Mason Graham's fantastic, too. I just think that Chris Jenkins right now adds a little bit more in terms of an interior pass rush, and as a leader, this guy is, uh, has become fantastic. So it was funny listening to Jesse Minner say that he arrived as a goofy kid and was kind of goofy, but you know, no, he's gotten it together. And he admitted as much, you know, when his family said, are you sure they made the right choice when he was named captain? Uh, pretty <laughs> funny. But I'm going to go with Chris. I was really close to going with Chris. I'm going to go with Will Johnson, though. I think he's going to be the best player on the field when Michigan is on defense. Um, and part of it, too, you know, he's indispensable as well with, you know, a lack of depth there at corner. Really not a ton of experience, including Will Johnson at the college level, but I think he's just going to be, he played his best football at the end of the year last year too. I think he's going to build off that, uh, you know, if and when he's fully healthy. So I, I'm excited to see Will Johnson and I'll pick him here. Yeah, that's the interesting part of the Michigan's no star defense is that you can go with so many guys, man, uh, you know, gun to my head and, and it's not maybe quite the same thing as what an NFL draft prospect list would be, but I just, I think so highly of what Rod Moore brings to this defense. I think that, uh, he's instinctually maybe Michigan's best defensive player. He's always in the right place at the right time. Nobody watches as much film as he does. Uh, I believe he led the team in interceptions last year. He put on, I think, 12 or 13 pounds. So him being in the right place is going to also lead to some you know, bigger hits. He's going to pack more of a punch. Uh, I think Rod Moore has a good chance to lead the team in interceptions again, and he is my pick for defensive player of the year. So we will go uh, back to offense now, and this will be your breakout player on offense. So a number of directions you could go with this, Chris. Great question. Uh, man, there are so many options here. You know, and you guys, I, everybody's named Colston Loveland in the, the football preview, and I understand that. But I, to me, he kind of broke out last year, right? And uh, you no, know, he wasn't, what do you have, a couple hundred yards receiving or something like that. But at the end of the year, he made huge catches in how many games down the stretch? The Big Ten Championship game, Ohio State had a touchdown. So to me, he kind of broke out. I'm going to go with Tyler Morris at wide receiver. I think this is a kid who, uh, as long as he's healthy and stays healthy, is going to have a, a really nice year there. So there's a lot of competition there, though, guys, at that receiver spot. And again, watch later in the week. We'll tell you about the young receivers that are really, really turning heads in that room. There's a lot of competition there. I am going to go with Colston Loveland. Um, you know, he had less than 10 catches against Big Ten opponents last year. Um, he made some big plays, but I think, that, you know, and there are different levels to, to breaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I think he's going to go from one of those guys who was a, a backup last year when other guys were healthy to an established starter. And I mean, everyone talks about him as, you know, he could be one of the best of all time at Michigan. And you know, Sharon Moore said, I think he could be the best in the country. And I know there's a great player down at Georgia referring to Brock Bowers, who's, you know, people talk, say he should be in the Heisman conversation entering the season. So you keep hearing this talk. I think the hype is probably a little bit too much for Colston Loveland, but I do think he's going to have a really big year. Yeah, it's interesting to kind of think about, too, like what what does constitute breakout year? You know, a guy like and this is my pick, Roman Wilson, has been on the field uh, for you know the last two years. This is going to be his third year in a row where really he's basically a top two, top three wide receiver three years in a row, given that Ronnie tore his ACL, uh, Ronnie Bell in 2021. But, uh, you know, for as much football as he's played, only 25 catches the last two years. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if we see him double that number. Uh wouldn't be surprised if we saw them find more ways to get the ball in his hand, you know, you know, out of the backfield or with some of the gadget stuff we saw early last year. And the key to all that for him is going to be staying healthy. But, you know, he wants he wants that pressure. He switched to the number one jersey. I know that hasn't carried quite as much weight in the Jim Harbaugh era, but still an iconic jersey number at Michigan that comes with expectations, and I think that Roman Wilson is going to, uh, you know, maybe doesn't wind up being, you know, a first-team All-Big Ten, but I think his best football is still very much ahead. So that's my pick there. Uh, breakout on defense, Chris. Breakout on defense. Man, you would, you'd think I would have thought ahead here, right? Um, is, can you pick Josh Wallace? He wasn't here last year, so I don't know how you could call him a breakout player. Uh, same with Ernest Hausman, who I think is going to have a big year. So, um, man, I'm going to go with Keon Sab. I think um, this is an interesting one to me. No, I'm not. Actually, I'm going to go with Derek Moore uh, as your, you know what, on the, on the outside. I'm hearing the good things about him as a pass rusher. You know, I could put Josiah Stewart in there too. I think all those guys are going to contribute a lot. But in terms of guys who were here last year that I think are going to take a huge step forward, I think it's Derek Moore. I think this guy has all the tools to be an elite pass rusher. Now he's 20 pounds lighter. I think he's going to get off the line faster get around guys and he's still powerful fellows as we saw in the spring. So that would be my choice. Yeah. Number of different directions you can go here, but there are a lot of established guys back on defense. So kind of hard to, to find one. I think you have to look at the defensive line and mine is also Derek Moore uh, picked him in, in the, uh, you know, our football preview magazine and have no reason to believe now that, that he's not going to be that guy. Um, you know, may not lead the team in, in sacks, but I think he's going to be really, really good and, and, you know, be a mainstay in that rotation. So I'm going to go D Moore. I don't know that his best football will necessarily come this year yet because it's still a work in progress, but my breakout guy is Kenneth Grant. I think that we're going to, we are going to see him simply by virtue of being a guy that's six, three and, and, you know, whatever it is, 335 pounds. We're going to see him do some freaky things that men at that size should not be able to do just on instinct and, and ability alone. And, and maybe it takes a while for him to round into the player he's ultimately going to be, but I think he's going to play a prominent role uh, in that run stopping, uh, run stuffing uh, defensive tackle rotation. And wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, be one of the ascending players by the end of the year. Uh, Chris, you're going to maybe wish that I had led with this one, with the last category, given all the guys you named, but your pick for newcomer of the year, whether mm. it be a freshman or a transfer. It's mm. a tough one on uh, defense or offense or both uh, either or either or. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with, uh, 
God, there are so many guys. I, I'm going to go with Josh Wallace. I just think that he fills a need at a key position, and I think that you're going to see him really eventually secure one of those cornerback positions. I do. And, and this is – I think Josiah Stewart's going to get to the quarterback quite a bit. I think Ernest Hausman is going to play a huge role on this team and going forward. I think he's got a chance to be a really, really good linebacker here. But I think Josh Wallace is early Football on the most landed important. some much-needed help. There you have it. <laughs> there's me. Uh, it scared me. There's you. That's like, <laughs> Anthony, let me talk here. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> um, that was for folks listening. Uh, we cut in with a um, uh, some video there. But regardless, I think I'm going to go with Josh Wallace. And I think uh, I think you're going to see him on Saturday start out having a good game. You know what? I love the Drake. You got to love the Drake. Um, I'm going with Drake Nugent at the center spot for Michigan. I think first team, all big 10 yeah. type of guy. So uh, I, I just think what they've done in the transfer portal, and we'll see how it plays out this year, but what they've done in the transfer portal, not only with the nine guys this year that they brought in, which is probably the most ever in, in Michigan history or, or modern history, um, certainly under Jim Harbaugh, but at the center spot, the last two with Olu winning the outland in the Remington and then Drake Nugent being who, you know, many people nationally believe is one of the top centers in college football is incredible what Sharon Moore, Jim Harbaugh, all those guys have been able to do. So I'm going to go with Drake Nugent. Yeah, I, I hope you my pick on offense. In fact, I would probably go 50-50 on that. I'd forgotten about the Drake. I was thinking about defense. And read what we wrote about him in last week's ITF, folks, if you have any doubts about what this guy is bringing to the table. So you love the Drake? Love the Drake. And for all those reasons above, I would also say Drake Nugent. It seemed like early in camp there was a, I won't say narrative, it's just what was put out there that he was in competition for his job, but – uh, I've never really got the sense that would be the case. It certainly uh-huh. seems like things are trending heavily in his direction, and, and we should see him start at center on Saturday. I have two more quick ones, and then we'll get into questions. Uh, offense or defense, doesn't matter, Chris. Best position group? Uh, man, again, you know, uh, running backs because of the Blake and Donovan Edwards, I think. The uh, you want give you the Don it's because of the, you know what, you've got a one, two punch there. Uh, does it go beyond that? We'll find out, you know, there are several guys vying for that number three job, but those two alone give you the star power that probably gives you the best running back duo in the country, at least one of them. So that's the one I would go with. Yeah. I got running backs too. I know we've agreed a lot, but I don't even think it's close. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think there's one that would be in the conversation, you know, maybe offensive line, you could throw in there maybe quarterback if JJ becomes, you know, some elite guy and, you know, but if we're taking full position group with including the depth, I mean, that running back room is stronger than it was a year ago because both those top two guys are back, but also way more deep than it was last season. You're not going to have to move a linebacker over to running back. He's already staying at running back Kalel, uh, but you have a bunch of other options behind them. So I got running back and it's not close. I think defensive line could be up there as well. I mean, they're arguably as the depth there and the potential star power too, if those guys live up to their potential, but I'm with you, Clay, it's, it's running backs. I'll say running backs, but I want to give some love to the hogs up front too. I think that there's a chance. I, I don't think it's crazy to think that this could be maybe the best interior offensive line Michigan's had. I mean, we'll see last year's was pretty darn good. You'd everyone to stay healthy, but, uh, you know, Zinter is is going to be a high draft pick. Keegan, I think, can get there if he stays healthy. And Drake Nugent, like you said, for all the reasons that we already discussed. So it's the running backs. You have maybe the two two of the best pure offensive weapons in all America, but uh, that's 
you know, that's where we stand there. So last but not least, uh, this is your last chance on the record. Well, maybe not on the record, but on the air for now. Put a stamp on what you think will happen with Michigan this season. What will be the final result? So once, you know, once January hits, once the dust is settled on this college football season, where will this Michigan team be? 11 and one and big 10 champs is my pick. I think that uh, they'll either win a tiebreaker or um, Penn state will have two losses, but Penn state will that game at Penn state is the one that I'm chalking up as a loss. Uh, People get mad at me about it. It's, it's kind of funny, you know, it's a tough place to play. That's a very good football team and it is so hard to win there. And it's hard to go through a season undefeated. That would be the most logical place if you're going to drop a game and late in the season. So um, that's my pick. I got not that this matters because you you are looking at a guy who picked a team that ended up winning the Big Ten championship and going to the playoff to go eight and four two years ago. So I don't know much. It's very hard to do these predictions, but I got Michigan running the table. Um, Twelve and zero, three straight over Ohio State. I think that that Penn State game is going to be a bloodbath. I think it's going to be really hard fought win, probably lower scoring. I really like Penn State's defense, but I think they get through it. And the rest of the schedule is is pretty easy. I mean, there, there could be some minor speed bumps, some turbulence along the way, but I got Michigan 12-0. and 0. Um, So that's kind of scary, maybe, given my track record with predictions. Uh, I have them doing the same. Um, I, I think that this team is cut from a different cloth. It does feel like a continuation of last year. I think they're better than both Ohio State and Penn State, where it counts. Um We'll see. I mean, that game at Penn State is going to be uh, what Jim Harbaugh would term a football fight. I'm excited to watch it, but it could also be extremely physical, extremely ugly. But I do think that they'll get through the regular season again unscathed. I think that they will win a Big Ten championship. And when the college football playoff comes around, we'll see. I mean, there's just a lot of variables with who could get there. Um, Would love to see them get to that last Monday night of the season and go from there, see who you face, see what happens. Uh, so I won't say natty or bust, but it's uh, I do think it's Houston or bust for them. So that's how I feel about it. We'll see. Uh, a lot of things can change throughout the course of the year. But uh, in our last few minutes we have here before we get out, want to take some questions from you guys that are watching live, take a few from the message board as well. And of course we have to start with our friend Shane Johnson with the 499 super chat who says happy game week, fellas. CB Hope we're grabbing a cold beer on Friday is Will Johnson playing and what is going on with wide receiver injuries hearing Morris hearing with Morris O'Leary Clemens and CJ hmm. so Shane throwing a lot at us there as he tends to do and that's fine 499 uh, Shane that's I'm going to look for you Shane I'm going to look for you for the beer um, that'd be fantastic maybe even an, maybe even Saturday night after the game uh, if you're up for it but uh, Sugar Shane on the board one of our preferred customers uh, Will Johnson, is he playing? Um, great question. We will address that later in the week. Um, frankly, I don't think so. So uh, wide receiver injuries, uh, what, what we posted on the message board today at the Wolverine.com, Peyton O'Leary, everybody's been asking about why hasn't it been mentioned. Everybody's like, oh, I see he was just a walk-on and was never going to play. That's not the case. He's got a hammy. So um, Clemens, I don't know. CJ is going to be fine. So uh, we haven't heard a ton about Clemens, but I tell you what, uh, and we will have a practice report up tomorrow talking about the young receivers. Guys, there are some talented dudes there, including one that is going to factor potentially into the return game. So keep an eye on that tomorrow, Shane, and thanks again for your 499, my brother. 
All right. Thank you to Shane and sticking with injuries. We'll go to this one from Amy Thomas who says any key injuries will starters play most of the game time to pass it around. So we address the injuries, but what do we think about Michigan starters clay? I think anyone that's, you know, probably banged up will be held out given the competition. Um, it seems to be kind of the way they play things. So that, that would be my guess. And this is also going to give a good chance to, play some some other guys and, and build that depth that they've you know continued to talk about starters will play a lot of the game until they get comfortable they will be playing a lot of players amy uh yes there are key injuries there are minor injuries and guys that would probably be playing if they were playing ohio state next week for example but one position group in particular has been hit pretty hard we again we'll talk about that later in the week on the message board but as for time to pass it around as necessary, uh, I do want to see them get more and more people involved. But you're going to see a run-heavy offense again this year. And uh, like I, I said, I joked with Jesse Minner. I said, Kirk Campbell's going to want to air it out 60 times, right? And he said, we'll see. But they will get their weapons on the field, and they will employ them. He's going to put them in positions to succeed. Uh, $10 super chat here from our friend Shab Fam. Uh, thanks, Shab Fam, for that. Uh, love you, boys. I read Sharon is getting a self-imposed suspension game one. Is it true? And I'll say, yes, it is. It's been confirmed that he told the team over the weekend. Uh, who will be the OC? See you boys at the Bowling Green game. New boards and lights are going to be fire. Uh, we've actually confirmed the Sharon suspension a while back, so that's not a, that's not a surprise. Um, the NCAA, as we reported, accepted that immediately when they said they were going to uh, you know, suspend him for one game. Uh, Grant Newsom as well, but it sounds like maybe the NCAA said they, that they, he didn't have to sit out. So um, we'll see. Uh, OC Shab Fam is going to be Kirk Campbell, as Jim Harbaugh said today. Uh, I love it. I think he's more than capable. So uh, as for the new boards, I think you're going to have to wait another week on that. Believe it or not, it doesn't sound like they're going to be ready for week one. At least they weren't as of last Saturday. Uh, they were talking about maybe week two. I don't know if they were waiting on parts or whatever. So hopefully one of them at least is in, you know, uh, is working. I don't know about replays and stuff like that. Maybe it's just the basics, but I don't think you'll see the full power of that space station, Anthony, until <laughs> that's a little nod to you uh, my, and the Star Wars geeks out there until the following week. Uh, the lights, I couldn't care less, uh, to be honest with you. I'm not a light show guy. Just let's play some football. Yeah, as I stare at my Empire Strikes Back lunchbox on my desk here. So there you go. All right. That. Uh, yeah. So we'll see a Bowling Green Week, Shab fam. Uh, hope to connect with you as we did in Traverse City. I want to go take a few from the message board before we get out of here uh, from our pal Jay Sherba, who asks, and Clayton, I'll let you lead with this one. Who's ready to make a bigger season to season improvement? Is it Roman Wilson on offense or Chris Jenkins on defense? It's such a great question because these are the two seniors that I've kind of pegged as guys that are going to take that big leap from good players to potentially great players. Um, you know, I could go either way with it, but I think Chris Jenkins, you know, just the way people are talking about him and, you know, the fact that he could be elite in there on the interior of the defensive line, and he seems to have that potential. I mean, he's 305 now, but he's still, you know, his same twitchy self, his dad, was really heavy, you know, much higher in the 300s and was an NFL defense alignment, I think all pro at one point. So he's got that type of pedigree. Um, Roman Wilson, I think he's going to be very, very good. I think he's going to lead this team in receiving and it won't be close, but I don't think he's going to be elite wow. in terms of college football, uh, you know, the grand scope of things. So I have to go with Chris Jenkins here. 
I, I'll say this. I think Cornelius Johnson's going to have something to say about that. And I think both of those guys will have solid years. Um, and I think it'll definitely be close. So um, when it comes to – I know you don't. You just said that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for reiterating that. I'm going to have to get one of those buzzers that they use in those debates, you know, ding, 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 ding. Hey, yeah. your time no, is up. Keep talking. Shut yeah. your yapper. Yeah. <laughs> so, Who do you um, think won the debate last week, by the way? Uh, I, you know what? That's, <laughs> we, we all talk politics on the you board. Know, uh, that's been a good show politics. here on Monday night on the Wolverine. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I, but I do think Chris Jenkins is set for a breakout year, too. Even if it's not in the statistics, you're going to see him have a big year. So I uh, love both of those guys and think they are going to have uh, – both going to have really nice uh, contributions this season. Uh, we'll take one more here from Kay Wallace 23 who says, bringing things full circle today, did Jim Harbaugh's opening speech during his press conference have anything to do with frustrations on the recruiting trail? And if so, can we expect any changes there? I think – no, I think it was more of a shot at the NCAA, a kind of a calculated <laughs> shot. Maybe, you know, I don't think he's – I don't want to say that. I, I do think the Michigan donors need to step up when it comes to NIL. I don't think there's any question about that. But do I think this was a calculated way of saying, well, if our donors aren't going to pony up, then we're going to level the playing field by, you know what, saying that everybody needs to be paid? No. I think more than anything, it was like, okay, um, hey, NCAA, you know what, you – the, the three things he said, you know, we can talk about all we want about diversity, inclusion and and whatever. And he said, but you know what, that needs to include pay for play and balancing that as well and making sure that those kids get theirs. So uh, to me, it was a shot at the NCAA and his displeasure with everything about it right now. Yeah, as as most things with Jim Harbaugh, I mean, it was probably that, you know, putting some pressure on the NCAA, but it's also just kind of how he feels. You know, he's talked about st stuff like this in the past, not as in-depth. Um, you know, the timing certainly, obviously, as we talked about earlier, pretty interesting. Um, but no, I, I don't think it has to do with that. I, I wouldn't question his, his motive with that. You know, I think when he talks about this stuff, it's not about what benefits maybe Michigan. Um, you know, he's, he's looking at the bigger picture, as he said today. You know, he even talked about a couple of years ago, the transfer portal, he wanted kids to be able to enter the NFL draft, not get picked, and then return to school. And someone said, well, wouldn't that make it harder on your life? And he said, well, I'm willing to do that if it's for the betterment of the student-athletes. So I don't think he looks at this selfishly as, as what would benefit Michigan. I think it's the big picture and maybe putting a little pressure on the NCAA at the same time. We'll see what Jim Harbaugh has to say at the pulpit next week this time. I, I'm sure there'll be another binder, another issue uh, that he – just thought of this morning to get off his chest. So um, Chris Clayton, thank you so much for your time. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe to, to the channel. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening after the fact in your podcast app of choice, uh, leave us a five-star review. Give us a good rating. Uh, we always appreciate those. Uh, we do have a flash sale going on over at the Wolverine.com right now. Uh, you can get uh, your first year as a new subscriber in uh, for 50% off, I believe it is. Clayton, do I have that correct? Yeah, in a dollar for a month. And of course, Shane Johnson right at the buzzer wants to sneak in one more. It says, J.H. <laughs> went epic. Uh, John Matusek. John Matusek, Dallas 40 locker room scene. Biz, game one, line of best sports. Game one, God, there's a lot of words here. Yeah. Uh, CB, you remember. Have the boys look it up on YouTube. I do remember. And it's classic. And John, John Matusek, it's North North Dallas 40, I think it was. 
And uh, yeah, we'll watch it. I'll make sure these guys watch it. Uh, I'd be surprised if old soul Anthony Broom hasn't seen it already at some point. I haven't. But, uh, I haven't. We'll have to do a yeah. viewing party or something. Underrated. But, Absolutely. Uh, Shane, thank you so much. We appreciate that. Uh, so yeah, flash sale at the Wolverine. Get your first year subscription as a new subscriber for 50% off. So be sure to check out that offer in the link below. Uh, fellas, it's here. Next time we talk on Thursday, we will have a game to preview. Uh, and then it's... These, once we get here, this, these years fly by. So i uh, going to enjoy it. Really going to sit back and soak this one in. But, fellas, thank you so much for your time. Thank you uh, to our producer, Megan, working the broadcast behind the scenes. Thank you, thank you to all our viewers and listeners. Uh, hope you have a terrific week, and we will talk to you again soon. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.